Shalom Aleichem, Shavuah Tov. To all of you listeners of this beautiful station that broadcasts only Divrei Torah, Divrei Musar, Divrei Halacha, religious music. This is uh, Rabbi Elbaz from SLC, and I'm going to speak about Parashat HaChodesh, which we read yesterday. In that parasha, it starts like this. This month is the first month. This is the first of the months of the year. Offhand, it looks like these two parts have the same meaning. Actually, it doesn't. Means according to the Midrash, that Moshe Rabbeinu had a hard time. Uh, he was perplexed in uh, figuring out when the molad of the moon is, when exactly is when the moon appears. So Hashem told him, you know why? You want to know how it is? Okay, go. Look at HaKodesh Hazeh. He showed him the actual moon. You see? That's the way it is. It was Rosh Chodesh Nisan, actually. And he showed him, this is the way the molad is. The second part, that means that this will be the first of the months, meaning Nisan will be month number one, year number two, and so on. Chodesh Lishin will be Sivan, and so on down the line. Now, the uh, Midrash says the following. Amar Labirivi, Bechol Maasehem Israel Mishunim Meomot Aulam. In all their, in their ways, in their, uh, in their everyday functions, Bene Israel are different from Umot Aulam. And it tells us, and it gives a few examples. Bacharishatan, for example, in plowing the fields. The, the umota olam don't have any restrictions. We do. Lotacharosh bishor ubachamor yachdav. We're not allowed to plow to plow the land with an ox and a donkey together. You can't do that. Bizriatan when you seed the land, right? With the, the, the there's no restrictions on umota olam. We do. We cannot have kilayim. We cannot take two different species and just together, seed them on the ground. Biktsiratan, also, when you harvest, there's no restrictions on umotown. Well, we do. We have different things. The lekets, those stalks that fall down, and they leave it for the poor. And a few, they mention a few other things, and at the end it says, ubminyanam also in the counting, in, the, in, in, in making the calendar, in counting the months and the years, we are different from Umot Olam. And he says, why? Umot Olam monin lahama v'Yisrael lalebana. The nations of the world, they actually reckon the days and the years according to the sun, and we go according to the moon. Well, this is uh, this is what the 
Midrash says, and obviously, uh, this is very, very important because, uh, you know, gave us this thing here only to us with the moon and not to the Umot HaOlam. Uh, we see how important the Chodesh is because, for example, during the, the, uh, the days of the Greeks, during Hanukkah's story, they, they banned three things. They banned Shabbat, Milah, and Chodesh. Well, these are the things that differentiate us from the rest of the world. Shabbat, we have Shabbat, they don't. Milah, we have Milah, they don't have the Milah. And Chodesh is important because Rosh Chodesh will determine when are our festivals. Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot will be determined according to when Rosh Chodesh is. Now, so what, what difference does it make here? Hashem is giving us something very, very special. To us, it gives the moon, but the Umot Olam by the sun, what's so special about it? Rav Rafael Hirsch, Shimshon Rafael Hirsch, was a great sage of the German Jewry. He said like this, he says, Shana, the sun, has to do with Shana, with the year. The word Shana comes from the word Shone, Choser Veshone, it repeats itself all the time. The sun always rises from the east and sets in the west. The sun can be seen at all times in the world. If not here, it will be in, in, it'll be in China. Night here will be day in China and, back, and, back, and, and vice versa. On the other hand, the moon is mithadeshet. Chodesh is from the word chidush, something new. Because the moon is mithadeshet. It renews itself every single month. It's there for a while, it disappears, and then it reappears again. There is a chidush levana. That is different. What means is the following. Ramban says that the kofrim, people, Hasfi Shalom, believe in, in the Torah. The kofrim, they say that the world is extremely old, very, very old, and it's not just that, because it, that can somehow be explained, like Rav Avigdor Miller explained it once in his book. Uh, uh, he has it, uh, he says the following, he says, you know, when Agadosh Baruch Hu created uh, a man, for example, he didn't create a, a baby man, he created an adult man. And then when he created the earth, he created an adult earth. The adult could have been millions of years old. We, you know, we don't know. Hashem created an earth that was ready for the, for the people and, and, and the animals to live in it. And it could have been whatever it was, but that isn't the main thing. The main thing is the, the Kufrim, they say that, yes, maybe Hashem created the earth. But after creation, Nitak, he removed himself, Chas from it. He removed, he had nothing to do with it. Everything, everyone's on his own. This is contrary to our belief. We say, Every single day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is mechadesh, when His goodness, every day, 
Maaseh Bereshit, whatever happened in Bereshit, which is the coordination of all the celestial bodies, that all of them are coordinated in a very, very specific and precise way. And they can't falter. Is there a Gadosh Baruch Take the rotation of the earth around the sun. It's the most exact, precise thing that there is in the world. It goes around the sun in a certain time which has been exactly the same since the beginning until now. It cannot change. It can't go any faster or it can't go any slower. Because either one of those conditions, life in this earth, would cease to exist. This is, a, if, if, if it gets a faster, then, uh, then it'll go away from the sun and it'll be very cold. Uh, and if it's uh, slower, it'll, then it'll come closer uh, uh, and it'll be very, very hot. So life will not exist any longer. Hashem is looking at all times. He's making sure that the earth is in a way uh, in, uh, well enough in order for life to subsist in this particular world. And he's looking at every single person, not only at the world, but at the human being too. We, whatever we do, HaKadosh Baruch is Mashgiach, and he judges us on Rosh Hashanah. Very important. So the, 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 the other question is, why is it that now Parashat HaChodesh is given to the Bnei Israel just before Yetziat Mitzrayim? Just before, they, just before they, they're going out of Egypt, they're telling them about HaChodesh Hazeh. Is there any connection? Of course there is. There's plenty of them. But let me mention one thing. Arav Yisrael Salam Shalom, who was the one of the founders of the uh, Musar movement, and Hashem Yikum Damo, he was he was killed by the Nazis in Mashimah Vezichram. He said the following. He said he was once. I mean, he was going to this man in this particular town. He had a a personal host that he, he went to all the time. And he stayed by him. So one time, he comes to that same host. He starts talking to him. And he sees that this man has lost quite a bit of his faith. The emunah that he had the year before and the emunah he has now is very different. So he asked him, what happened to you? So he said there was a few months back a kofir was passing by. A guy that, you know, very smooth talker. And, and, you know, he could talk to him for hours and somehow, you know, reversed his mind a bit. So I said, so, something for just for a minute, kept quiet. And then just at that moment, the daughter of the host walked in. And she says to her father, Daddy, you know what happened? What? We had a competition today in school. And for the best piano player, 
and I was chosen to be the best piano player. Here's my certificate. See? So Rabbi Salanta heard that. He says, uh, well, perhaps you want to, you know, play for me. You know, show me. Show me how good you are. Could you please play something? So he says, no, I'm not going to play for you. And uh, the father says, please, you know, he's a great hacham and great sage. He's asking you, do so. He says, look, I have been studying and learning and practicing with the best piano players. The test was conducted by grandmasters. I have a certificate that shows I don't have to prove myself to everyone that I showed a certificate to. I don't have to prove myself. I have a certificate. That's enough. So the father wanted, you know, still, you know, perhaps a place. So Rabbi Sarasana says to him, no, 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 no. Let her go. She's 100% right. He says, this is the same thing. He says to him, at Yetziat Mitzrayim, Everyone heard the voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Matan Torah. They saw the Nisim and Niflaot that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did. They felt them. The Ten Makot, the splitting of the sea. They were there. They experienced everything. He says, that was the certificate. Hashem does not have to prove himself all the time. He's here. Just like your daughter doesn't have to prove it, she has a certificate, that's enough. Hashem doesn't have to prove himself. And as a matter of fact, we have Nisim all the time. It's just that we don't realize it. You know, since the story of Purim, you know, Purim, you know, the, the name of Hashem is not even mentioned, but there's no doubt in the mind of anyone that that whole scenario was definitely uh, was there all along. But it's Nesnistar. We have a lot of Nisim that occur to us every single day, even in life. We don't realize it. How is it possible? You take a seed, a, a seed of an apple, you put it on the ground, and sometime later you have beautiful apples. How is that? Or to us, it's like, oh, that's normal. <laughs> that's normal. What's well, that normal? If I take wood and I make a table, yeah, that's normal. Okay, that's fine. I I took the wood, I took the nails, I took a hammer, ta ta, and measuring this. Yeah, that makes normal. But can a human being replicate that? Take a seed and all of a sudden it becomes an apple, an apple tree? Of course not. That's the Akadosh Baruch is mehadesh bechol yom betuvon bechol yom tamid maaseh bereshit. So this is why you have the Yisiat Mitzrayim and the Chodesh next to each other. Yisiat Mitzrayim was the time that Hashem showed himself. And then after that, the Chodesh, we are renewing that strong emunah that we received in Yisiat Mitzrayim. We are renewing that every single month by going to the moon. This is, reminds us of Ma'aseh Bereshit of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who created the world. This is the connection. Yisiat Misraim was the time 
that we're 100% sure, they, they had a tremendous emunah, but now we get a new charge. Every month, we go to the moon, and we see Ma'asei Bereshit, and we renew our strong emunah in HaKadosh Baruch uh, as long as we are talking about the Chodesh, the moon and the months and so on, uh, I just want to say a few words about how our calendar uh, is made. Now, this, this, this topic, of course, is a very long topic, and I can't possibly go into it in great detail. But let me just mention something in the, in the next few, few minutes. At the beginning during the time of the Bet HaMikdash, the, the moon was declared what we call through Re'iyah, observation. Uh, when the moon was about to appear, which is the new month, you have uh, two witnesses that would come from anywhere in Eretz Israel. They, they, had a, they sighted the moon. They run to the Bet HaMikdash where the Sanhedrin is. And they used to receive them with great honor. They take him in. They, they uh, ask them questions to make sure that they know what they're talking about. And when they were satisfied, when the Sanhedrin was satisfied with this, they will declare this is now, this is the new, new, new moon and that's the new Chodesh. We start today. And what they had was they had a system of fires. They're going to mountain someone. We'll have like a, a fire there and then another mountain way, you know, further down also will show that and so on and so forth so that everybody would know that the new moon has been declared. However, sometime later, the Samaritans, they confused the whole thing by, by taking and making those fires in, during the time that was not Rosh Chodesh. So what they did then is uh, they said, okay, we can't, we can't go with this system anymore. We're going to have shluchim. We're going to have representatives. They, they're going to go, once we declare it, we'll, they're going to go throughout Eretz Israel, and they will tell the people, okay, this is Rosh Hashanah, and so on and so forth. Well, unfortunately, those people that were outside of Israel did not get the news until much later. That's why, because of the suffix, that's why here, we have in the holidays, we have two days, and in Eretz Israel is only one day, except for Rosh Hashanah, which is both two days. But this went on for a while, but then after the destruction of the Second Temple, with all the persecutions with the Romans and all, it was very difficult even to inform the people all around. So they needed a way where the entire jury in the whole world would know for sure when is Rosh Chodesh at all times. And this was the job of Hillel II, around the year 350. And he, he decided that in, for, for the benefit of all Israel, it would be a good idea now to publicize the way the, the Soda Ebur sort of, the way the uh, leap years are calculated and so on and so forth. Well, he had a very, very great job. It was not such a simple thing to do. 
because you know the English calendar is solely based on uh, uh, on the sun. Uh, the months, the English months, they, they, they're not based on anything. They're just arbitrary. They just made this one 30, that one 31, this one 28, and so on. And that's very arbitrary. It's not based on any uh, celestial body. Uh, we have other, others like uh, the Muslims, uh, they, they're uh, entirely based on the moon and not on the sun. So what has a problem? Because then it keeps on shifting. The holiday keeps on shifting. It's no good either. The Torah says, Shamor et Chodesh Ha'abib. Pesach must be in the spring. Therefore, our calendar is going to be based on both the moon and the sun. Now, but these two are not synchronized. The moon has its own rotation, 29, approximately 29 and a half days, and uh, the rotation of the other around the sun is 365 days and a quarter and so on. They, they have nothing to do with each other. How, how do you reconcile these two? Well, that was the job that he had. And he did a fantastic, a fantastic task he did. And without any computers, without anything, he on his own, he somehow determined a way whereabout. We can base our months on the moon, our years on the sun, and still not have any change. The spring uh, will always have Pesach in it. Well, what did he do? So, okay, he took a 19-year cycle. 19-year cycle. During that cycle, he made a cheshbon that if you have seven months that are 13 months and 12 and 12 I mean seven years that are that are 13 months and 12 years that are 12 months each now at that in that at, in the, in that 19 year cycle i will have the same amount of days as 19 years of the sun and you know, it, it it really works out very, very precisely. It works out uh, like as precise as 1.2 parts in 100,000. Nothing can be 1,000% correct because it's impossible. They're not synchronized. They can't possibly. Even the English calendar is not 100% correct. It's not. They, all, they, they, they have to correct. They, they have corrections every four years, and then they have corrections every 100 years. They have, you know, those of you who know about the uh, calendars, the English calendar, go take a look. You'll see. But in 19 years, there is approximately two hours only difference between the years. The lunar you know, the months, the, the year of the moon and the year of the sun, which is practically negligible, although it would take thousands of years if these two hours will keep on uh, accumulating. Of course, it'll, it, somehow it, those hours might, might uh, translate into days. But, the Mashiach Sitkenu will be here very shortly. He will teach us again 
I don't go back to the old way, which was a thousand percent correct by the re'iyah. The re'iyah, by observation, there was never any problem. It was not only calculation. There was no calculation. There was re'iyah. Although, in the second Bet HaMikdash, there was like a combination of both. Because if sometimes the witnesses were not able to come, because let's say at the end of the month, you have three or four days that are all cloudy, and they can't see anything. They can't see no moon. So what do you do? You make Rosh Chodesh four days later, that's impossible. So they, they knew approximately with calculations. <clears throat> we know it's 29 and a half days and so on. So they, if the weather didn't come, so they uh, made some adjustments on, on, uh, based on calculations. But when the Mashiach Sitkenu, which will be coming, Amen. We won't have any problems, and, and uh, everything will be by observation, exactly the way it used to be way in the past. And they, we wouldn't have any error whatsoever. So uh, I just want to remind everybody again uh, about this beautiful station here. And if you can help out, that will be a great thing to do. Also want to remind you again that we do have a, a social hall which is, uh, has, has been renovated for any simha that you have. And please, if you have a simha, why don't you get in touch with us? We'll be very happy to accommodate you. Shavua Atov, Vitis Kula Mitzvot.